0: Hello and welcome to Locked In, you are in the bedroom studio with Dave, we are back, welcome to 2021, the first pod of 2021, we are here in the bedroom studio because Mrs Locked In has confined me, (laughs) confined me to the bedroom, great start for the first pod of 2021, no she's out there watching Big Little Lies, I don't know if anybody watches that or if anybody's partner watches that, apparently it's pretty good, I haven't jumped into it yet. Because we have more important things to do. I have been in the books, in the data, doing the research because it honestly, this is what I love. It really is super coach season, AFL super coach. I don't think there's a game that I enjoy more, to be honest. It is, uh, apart from maybe golf, let's chuck golf in there as number one. But this, I, I honestly, as soon as the team picker opened, for those of you that have, or had the gold subscription from last year, definitely worth getting. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, you should be, you've should you been able to pick your teams. I've been playing around with it over Christmas while we were on a holiday, a holiday in regional Victoria, which was a lot of fun. But I hope you're all well. I hope you've had a pretty decent holiday period, good new year, hopefully a good start to 2021 because... I think we can all agree it's the sooner we put 2020 behind us, the better. It wasn't a bad super coach year, but for everything else, probably not so great. So I thought we'd kick off today, do something a little bit different uh, and kind of go back to basics a little bit. I actually, I don't know how I'll go with this. We'll see if we can pull this off. I actually think we can do this whole podcast without saying a player's name for the whole podcast, because one thing I wanted to do was talk through a few things that, will help you be successful for this coming season and things that I need to certainly practice more, but things that I've picked up and written down and chucked in the notebook and things that I sort of start the season and try to live by and and definitely words that I should uh, certainly heed myself, but I thought we'd do that. I thought we'd go back to basics, do something a little bit different, and then later on we can dive into all of the player stuff because... To be honest, as for right now i i don 't actually think there's no such thing as a bad selection right now because we 're all operating off basically you know data from two thousand twenty and and we 're operating off team sheets and whispers we 're hearing on social media and all of those you know sort of not exactly uh, oh let 's be honest I was going to say not exactly well thought out or critically composed pieces of journalism but Really, we're just operating off gut, who we like, who we like from last year, who we think is priced well, all of that sort of stuff. So I actually don't think there's a wrong answer right now. Uh, we're not going to get a whole lot of time, because it sounds like, from what I saw earlier in the week, that we're only going to get one preseason game, which could be good and bad. I think we we probably read a little bit too much into those, as it is anyway, so one preseason game might actually do us some good. I mean, it makes us make decisions. That's probably the main thing. But it means that teams will probably field close to their, their round one starting lineups. I mean, why wouldn't they? You're going to see some intra-team or intra-club and intra-team practice matches that will go on as well. But I think if you keep an eye on the socials and uh, you keep your ear to the ground, I think you should be able to pick up most of the information and and then just look at the one practice match that, these, that the teams play. But anyway let's we'll talk about that in a second we'll talk about that later maybe on another podcast who knows but let's go with the the no name podcast today so I thought I got all of these notes written down I kind of grouped them into categories but I thought let's talk about structure first because this is one thing that uh, I think a lot of people overthink or even underthink and then get completely wrong uh, off the bat and really To be honest, the structure of your team is dictated by one thing, and and that's your rookies, the rookies that are available. So I guess the the thing that I do in this sort of pre-season period before we're entering into practice matches and that sort of stuff, the best thing you can do is actually start to play around with each line and see if you're going to go heavy or if you're going to go deeper in one line from a premium perspective, what does that look like, who would you select, where you think the value's sitting. There's a lot that you can do in this preseason period um, from a structure perspective that will really help set you up for when the preseason game or the one round of preseason game starts. You don't have to do a massive amount of sort of tinkering. You've actually got a lot of your homework done already. So if we're sort of getting into round one or coming into the um, end of the preseason, games are finished, all of the articles are going up, there's going to be heaps of content but you kind of know that if there's, a, if there's a big chunk of midfield rookies that look like they're getting a whole lot of game time, you know that you can cut back in the midfield and you're going to bump up your squad through the forward and defensive lines and you know who you're going to pick. So I think basically what I'm saying is play around with the structures early on, build a team that is heavy in defence for rookies, build a team that's heavy in the midfield, Build a team that maybe leaves out one of Gorn and Grundy. I'm not going to Oh, I mentioned a player. Shit. Build a a team that maybe leaves out one of the big guns in the rug. Uh, And then build a team that has a lot of forward rookies. There's a lot of value in the forward line too that is going to be worth talking about, especially players that are actually hugely... I'm struggling not to name them. Uh, Players that have hugely um, bad injury histories But are actually looking pretty solid at the moment But yeah, I think that's the best way to approach it So start at defence, then move into midfield Then have a play around with your ruck and then your forward line And basically beef each one up with maybe two, three Maybe up to three playing rookies See how that looks In the midfield I think you can get away with maybe four this year We'll see how we go But definitely look at your structure, but I think the biggest thing people kind of get lost in, or coaches get lost in, is that they end up not letting the rookies dictate their structure, and they end up trying to stick with players that they like, or they, unfortunately we do, one thing we're really subject to, because we're all AFL fans as well, generally, uh, we get, we get stuck in a little bit of bias, and bias is one thing um, that can ruin your structure, and can ruin your team pretty quickly, and it's uh, it's pretty funny actually. You can when you when maybe sort of a couple of weeks ago over Christmas, people's teams were starting to come out. You know, people were posting their first variations, and there are some, there are some you see, and you're like, you can tell, you can tell which team they go for just by the, the players that are in their squad, and it's hard because you, you do want to like the guys that are in your team, the team that you support. And you're always going to have bias for and against players for different reasons that you're going to have whether you hate it or love James Sicily or it's a whole range of different reasons you could uh want to include or exclude a player a lot of the time there's this kind of moneyball effect to players not looking good or not looking like they score well uh, but are actually really good uh, super coach players so there's a whole lot of reasons and I guess the the one thing I'm saying is to Kind of just you know have a little inward check of yourself and your bias as you're building your team. Why do you like this guy? Why do you like X player? Uh, is it just because you like him, or is it is there something that backs uh, backs your feelings up? You know, I've watched a lot of American politics over the last probably six months, and one thing I've learned from <laughs> one thing I've learned from the outgoing administration is facts over feelings. So. Stick to that, and uh, I'm sure you can do well. Um, But definitely, yeah, check your bias. And who you like. I'm going to say this because these are kind of contradictory statements, but there's who you like and then there's going with your gut. I think uh, there's so much content out there um, that's going to influence. I mean, even I do. Like I'll listen to somebody else's podcast or read an article, and I'll immediately be like, clicking into supercoach to change my team it's just inevitable you're like shit what have I done I've missed this player or oh wow that's a really compelling case for a a premium switch so just man it's it's easy for me to say and it's hard for me to do what do the teachers say do as I say not as I do uh but I think for all of everything that I've just said (laughs) Going with your gut is probably uh, one of the more integral things to do too because you don't want to be in a situation where you have liked a guy for the whole preseason, you haven't put him in, and he's exploded. Uh, So with all of that being said, disregard it all and go with your gut. (laughs) It's my next piece of advice. I don't know what I was doing when I put those notes in order. But definitely, definitely... Play around with the structures. That's the, the key part of this segment that I've highlighted for myself is make sure you play around and have a few different structures based on what potential options might be out there from a rookie perspective. Uh, I'm just going to have a little sip here. You know, we don't – this is the one take podcast for anybody that's listening for the first time. I don't edit anything because I don't know how and I'm probably lazy too. Mm. <clears throat> okay. What have we got up next? All right, let's talk strategy. Strategy is the next one. So there are a few different, I've got a few different subheadings under strategy, but more broadly, there's kind of two big things that that fit under this. Number one, when you're selecting your team or when you're going through those different, uh, different iterations of your lineup in the structure line, the one thing I want you to think about when you're picking guys is why are you picking this guy? So what is your expectation of him in your team? Are you picking him because you think he's going to be top 10 in his position and he's going to be in your team the whole year? And if so, does his form and injury history line up with that assumption or that with your uh, your analysis of him and picking him? Is he a stepping stone? Is he somebody that you want to... Make maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand out of sort of a mid price stepping stone. Or is he a rookie that you just want some cash generation out of? And I think it's balancing out, the big thing is balancing out those those three lines. So I generally <clears throat> sort of start a season probably with about fourteen guys that I think are keepers that will sit in my team. For the duration, if they're healthy, they're going to be in my team from now until the end. And that includes guys like, so the iterations of my team you might have seen on Twitter, guys like Tim Tarano. I'm picking, thinking, thinking that he's going to have a pretty decent year. He's going to finish at about 105 and I'm happy with him in my M8 position because I'm getting him at, at a pretty good discount because I think he's about 105 average. So that's what you want to be thinking through. Why why are you selecting these guys and where are they going to be in your finishing side? It's it's a good way to start to think about why you're selecting them and, and what their output's going to be. So that's one part. That's kind of a team setup, you know, sort of expectations thing. The other thing you want to be thinking about is your trading strategy. And I think something this year that is going to be really difficult for us to adapt to is going from... A 17-round season where we had 36 trades, which is an obscene amount of trades. Back to a regular season where we have 23 rounds. We're going to have the three buy rounds in the middle, plus maybe one other. I haven't... Actually, I should have checked that. I don't know if we're... I doubt we're playing anything internationally. And then we're only going to have 30 trades. So you have to be really smart and really strategic about using your trades. There's not going to be any of this, you know, kind of similar to... What fantasy or dream team where you have two trades a week, that option is not available to us. You need to be really strategic with your trades because the goal in Supercoach, and I probably should have said this off the top, is getting your team to full premium or close to it as fast as possible. But I think in my mind my kind of immediate goal in the first probably 10 to 12 rounds is setting myself up so that I'm getting the back (laughs) And the forward rookies off the field as quickly as humanly possible because they collectively are the worst scoring players in your team so that is where you want to be targeting you want to be looking at players and thinking okay how long do I need to have this player sitting at f64 or d6 and getting them out of there that's that's what you want to be thinking so the trading the approach to trading needs to be a lot more Uh, considered and a lot more strategic because you're not going to be able to just on a whim flick guys. We're going to be in a position where players have to play three games again before their price alters. So we've got two rookies have to play three games. So you've got to think a little bit as much about scoring potential for these rookies, but job security is going to be really important And I think I I saw this on somebody else's Twitter account, and again, I think I tweeted already, and apologies for whoever I'm stealing this off. I'd credit you if I could remember. But your best ability is your availability, and I don't think that can be any stronger in both your premium selections, your mid-prices, and your rookies this year, or any full 23-game year. They need to be available and playing because they're not doing anything it no matter how talented they are it's by sitting on your bench not scoring. And buys. <clears throat> your buy round structure. If you have Super Coach Gold, and maybe this is a good time to talk about Supercoach Gold. I when I first started playing Supercoach, probably man, like 10, 12, maybe longer. 2009? I don't know. It, go, it feel like it was back a while ago. It was before any of this stuff existed. There were no podcasts. I can't even remember really using Facebook back then, to be honest. On and off, maybe. And we just got our information. There were two places, three places I got my information. There used to be this thing that got released with the Herald Sun. It was like a, like a pullout or like a book or something. I think it was a book. Used to get this booklet and that had a lot of info in it. And then there are a couple of websites. So, Fantasy Freako was always doing this thing. Uh, he was fantastic. He used to do these big guides and uh, all of the scores and stuff. And then, Too Serious was a website I used to use. And that was all the break evens and all the other sort of stuff. And then they released Supercoach Gold. And I can't remember what it was called originally, but it was one thing I was like, oh, it's an add on. You know, this is a free game. And who needs to pay for all of these additional services. It's pointless, but it actually is really good value for 20 bucks. I think it is for the whole year. I'll get it straight away. I always buy it as soon as it opens. It basically gives you access to a whole range of other data sets. So you can click back and look at um, past seasons data. You can look at a whole range of different stuff um, through that player page or the player tab on the, on the app or on the um, desktop page and it gives you basically uh, the buy. Str- so it gives you, once you've selected your team and filled out uh, your field view, you can click the buys and see who's playing when. It uh, gives you a whole range of stuff. Obviously, the ins and outs. Uh, it's a really good little addition. It's worth the 20 bucks without, you know, I'm not <laughs> in any way, shape or form uh, use code locked in. No, <laughs> no. Um, but seriously, it is, it is worth... It is worth checking, uh, tracking on your account. Twenty bucks, do it. Save yourself a whole lot of pain, and you get access to the team picker. Like what, two months before everybody else. So, the following year. So it is worth it. Um, but kind of talking about trades, that gives you the opportunity to actually look at your tra- look at your sorry buys. Gives you the opportunity to look at the buy rounds and actually see who's available and who's not. So. You want to be front-ending your buys, So you want to have uh, a couple more players in the first couple of rounds because ideally what you should be doing is upgrading to players that have had their buy. Um, so you want to have a few more players coming into your team once they've played their buys. So it's okay to have one or two extra in the front end of the buys and then look at more trades because we should be getting, Like I haven't seen the rules or any of the changes. I don't think they've been published yet but we should have three trades in those three rounds so with a little bit of cash gen a little bit of smart trading early you're building a bank for the buy rounds you don't trade in buy round one generally and then you want to be doing upgrades in buy rounds two and three to the players that have had their buy so that's kind of how you want to be approaching the buys but you don't want to be having a massive amount of, of players in one particular buy or another. Unless, and this is where I think, I don't know where I put this. Oh, yeah, it's in this section. Unless your goal uh, is leagues. So there's one strategy you can play that if you're not playing for overall and you're playing for a league win, what you can do is actually bomb out in one round. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys do this or a lot of coaches do this where they will stack their teams for one particular buy, where they might have you know five guys playing in that buy, but they have full teams playing in the other two buys, full like you know we're talking you know 18 primos playing in those buys, the latter two buys. So you can do something like that if you want, if you're aiming for to knock off, you know get two wins out of three for the buys, um, if you weren't confident in kind of rolling into the buys just as per. But if you're playing overall, that kind of kills your scoring a little bit and uh, you want to balance it out as best you can. But it is good, I mean, to think about what your goal is for the year. If you're an overall player, then you want to be pretty balanced. Um, You want to be taking a little bit of risk, but risk that kind of is more with the pack, so you're not getting hugely burnt. If you do uh, find yourself in a situation where a popular player bombs, it's generally not going to impact you too much. Whereas leagues you can do a you can play around a little bit more um, you can play it super safe and and go with the the straightforward sort of guns and rookies thinking and then look to upgrade through the buys and kind of charge home into the final series you probably if you're doing if you're playing leagues i'd be if you're playing leagues seriously uh, and you're entering some cash leagues or something like that it's definitely worth having a look at when your premium players are playing in the back end of the year and who they're playing. There's a little bit more strategy that goes into leagues, that's for sure. I know I put in a little bit more time uh, if I'm investing some money into some cash leagues. Uh, So that's trading and buys, a little bit about strategy. I think, yeah, I've kind of touched on the big things. Uh, I think the biggest kind of attitude adjustment for me is going to be stepping out of that 2020 thinking and into 2021. Uh, It's going to be a whole, (laughs) it's a lot more patient. I think the, the idea of the idea of trading um, and having to wait three weeks for, for rookies to mature rather than two, it's going to be a much more patient game. I think generally I allow myself sort of one correction trade early on and, you know, that's, that's reasonably okay. Uh, it, it can get tough if you start to get a couple of injuries, but I think early on in round one, I'd be looking at maybe one, and then really you're trying to hold as much as you can to get as much cash in as you can so that you're really putting yourself in a position where you're going to be able to get to full premium because there's honestly nothing worse than coming into the last couple of rounds, especially if you're in leagues, but if you're... You're in a position where there's a premium that you don't have that everybody else has and you have the cash in but you don't have the trades. It's it's a sickening feeling coming into the back end of a year. Now, the last point I'm going to talk about is finding value. So with everything that I've sort of said, the best um, the best way to... <laughs> the best way. The way we want to approach getting to full premium really sort of starts now. And it starts with identifying players that we think are value selections and getting them early. So if you can get, I mean, I'm going to use, uh, I've already said a couple of players' names, so we'll throw this out the door. I'll use one that I kind of like at the moment uh, in Tim Tirano. Um You can even throw Paddy Cripps and probably Sam Walsh in there as well. These are guys that I think are undervalued that will put out an output that is reasonably higher than where they're priced at currently. Paddy Cripps is going to be an extremely popular selection. Everybody's talking about him, so that's probably nothing new. But like a guy like Tim Tirano, probably not going to be as popular. I think he's about 100, 105, and that's I'm happy with that in my M8 slot, which means that he's underpriced by about 100K, so basically what I'm doing is I'm picking up my M8 at the start of the year, fingers crossed, he plays 22 games. Yeah, that's probably big, fingers crossed. Uh, and he sits there and he scores 105, and he's my M8 locked away. Basically what the way that I'm structuring up and finding value in this part of my team in the midfield is by looking at... I'm trying to pick off M6, 7, and 8. I might select guy like Lockie Neal or one of the highest scoring mids from last year though I really am sort of leaning away from that and what I'm trying to do is fill the bottom part of my midfield and then allowing the season to unfold and those top sort of half a dozen midfielders to rise to the top and then I can upgrade to them as we're seeing them rise up I think it's I think it's a relatively safe sort of structure. I'm not costing myself a massive amount of points um, as long as the guys that I'm selecting in those sort of bottom six, uh, those bottom three spots, are actually producing that 105, 110 average, which I think they're capable of. <coughs> the other thing about finding value is, or the other key to this is, value is great, but what drives our teams is catch. Is cash generation from our rookies and mid prices. So the rookies are pretty straightforward. I think they're going to be. We're going to have to change our mindset back to holding them probably for six rounds. I'd say six, seven rounds even, um, because they're going to take slightly longer to mature than they did last year. We're going to have to get back into a 2019 mindset, um, which might be a little bit, <laughs> a little bit difficult. But the other area that people will. Definitely play in is the mid-price madness. Uh, there are a couple of guys that are being thrown around already that uh, I'm a little bit cautious of. One I'm hugely cautious of in in Braden Pruce. The other I think it, it, in Jackson Hately. It's going to be all about what we see in that preseason game, but it's. <sighs> I don't want to talk about individual players. No, we're not doing that. I said, I've already broken everything I've already said. <laughs> um, but those guys, they, they need to generate cash still pretty quickly, but they take longer because of their their higher price. So if you were kind of hanging on a Jackson Hately and he's sort of floating around an 85, 90 average, he's not going to make you a massive amount of money quickly. and, you're probably going to be in a position where you might have to trade him and he's not at full value. Or you may be in the position where your mid-prices you're going to have to hold and they're going to be the lowest uh, the lowest rung in that line. So, you know, you might have to wear Jackson Haley as an MA for the whole year and upgrade around him. It's, uh, yeah, tricky stuff. But uh, we'll talk about that in a whole other podcast. Um There's risk and then there's risk. (laughs) There's a certain amount of risk that you want to take on because you need to set yourself apart to a degree. So you want to be in a position where you have a team set up that allows you uh, a couple of captain options. So you definitely want to be picking a couple of the higher priced options across the lines because you need those guys there as a VC and C options. You can't (laughs) can't sell yourself short. In that department, um, but there's an amount of risk that's acceptable, and then there's probably a line where I, I certainly probably wouldn't carry more than I wouldn't be carrying more than two mid prices, uh, and that's probably guys that are sort of two fifty to say four fifty, because they're really they're boom or bust picks, and generally they unfortunately bust. Um, they might pull out a couple of reasonable games, but in the end, they end up killing your season. There's been really big, some great examples of this the last couple of years. Um, Mark Pitney probably did his job for a couple of rounds, but uh, expecting people held on to him a little bit too long because they were hoping that he would be there r two. Uh, John Segler's another one from last year that had a couple of good early rounds and and then just absolutely shut the bed. Uh, Honestly, the years are full of them. I could go back and you could just pick them all up. There's that many of them. The guys that actually break through and do it uh, are pretty few and far between, but generally they are sort of semi-popular picks. Um, you know, guys in the past years, you're thinking Christian Petrarca and Jai Simpkin, um, Jaden Short even last year, the year before. There's... Uh, there aren't that many that sort of stick in your mind um generally that step isn't that great they're not going from a $300,000 player to a $600,000 player it's a really big leap it's a little bit more incremental so I think just manage your risk um you want to take some risk that sets you apart but you don't want to be in a position where you've got you know people last year having like Darcy McPherson and Whole lot of weird shit going on, where they got like four guys that are, you know, in that mid-price bracket, and it's just an absolute recipe for disaster. And then the last thing, or the last couple of things, really, are just keep your nose to the ground. Watch the preseason games. We've only got one round of them, so there's there's not really a massive, <laughs> no massive excuse to actually miss any of those. Um, try and watch as much as you can. Watch the highlights. Read the match reports. There's going to be a shitload of content out there from all of the content creators. One thing I do is I try to listen to as many podcasts as I can in the car, in the shower. <coughs> there's nothing like hearing some of these guys' voices in the shower. It just it makes me feel good. Uh, just get be a sponge. Get as much info as you can. I think social media is a really good one too. Like goes without saying, you pick up some really good things from some of the reporters as well. Um, follow as many of those guys and girls as you can and follow the team pages, the team sites, all that stuff like it. All of that info, all of the info that the content creators that we all get, it all comes from those sources. Um, I guess the analysis and the, the bullshit <laughs> that comes out of my mouth, uh, that's all internalized, but uh, the, re- the info actually comes from reliable Uh, reliable AFL sources (laughs) Uh, and that's about it I think in preparation for the year I think that should cover everything off Um, you know structure strategy and then finding value Um, and underneath all of those yeah some of the things we talked about are maybe some new concepts for you um, but it is always worth just refreshing and and having a goal in mind at the end of the year what your team's going to look like and how you're going to get there Through a trading and buy strategy And treat the trades like gold I mean we say it every year Last year maybe we didn't say it too much Because we kept getting gifted extra trades But this year they will be Absolute gold so treat them As such and don't put yourself In a position where you're having to make Four corrective trades in the first two rounds Because you've somehow managed to fuck Your team with mid-prices Worst decision ever (laughs) If you want to be there at the end and you want to be a consistent top 1000 supercoacher, you've got to be patient uh, and you've got to follow some of those rules. They're, they're pretty straightforward, but as I said, even I find myself breaking some of them pretty consistently. Um, yeah, not a supercoach robot. Maybe that'd be a good page to start. Anyway, I will wrap this up now and uh, come back. I've got a whole bunch, whole bunch of player stuff. To, to talk about, and uh, we can talk about lines. We can talk, I'm not going to do teams, I don't think I'll do teams this year. I think we'll just talk lines. Um, to be honest, there's been so much covered already. Uh, I put out a whole bunch of content through tweets, so I don't know. Maybe as we get closer to the preseason games and we start seeing some lineups, or if we see some news that's sort of semi relevant, um, maybe we can do an injury one because I think that. Is probably a little bit more interesting. It definitely fits in the risk category. I My kind of sort of not hard and fast, but close to it rule is to not taking guys that haven't had sort of 90% of the preseason. There are a few big picks, um, popular and primo picks, that uh, have certainly missed some time this preseason. So maybe we'll talk about that. But anyway, I will leave you there. Go back to your teams, have a think about structure, strategy, value, have a look at the buys, think about your trades, think about the expectations you've got for each player in your team and whether they're going to be there at the end and have fun with the bias. It's uh, it's probably the hardest one. Um, yeah, the old bias. Unconscious and conscious bias. Good fun. All right, I'll be back. Have a good evening. What day is it? Oh, it is, it is a public holiday today um, and I hope... People are observe, uh, observing it as such and um, doing so pretty respectfully. It's, uh, it's a tough day for a lot of people today. Um, yeah, I won't say too much more, but uh, yeah, hopefully we're uh, talking about it on a different day and we're doing a little bit more to support Indigenous Australians next year. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Have a good one and I will speak to you soon.